0: Danny, I just figured out that if I switch to MetroPCS, I get two Samsung Galaxy phones free. Cool, Dad.
1: And I could be a super dad with two free Samsung Galaxy phones and call myself Double Galaxy Man.
0: Or you could give the second phone to your sidekick. Yeah, I guess I
1: could do that. That's right. Two free Samsung Galaxy on-5 smartphones are all yours when you switch to MetroPCS. MetroPCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. Hello, Mama!
0: Grab your popcorn and goobers. It's time for Motherhood in Hollywood with your host,
1: Heather Brooker. This is a crude prude's perspective on being a full time mom in showbiz. She's not a perfect mom, but she can play one on TV. Hold on to your butts. Here's
0: Heather. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 8 of Motherhood in Hollywood. I'm Heather welcome thanks for joining us if this is your first time where the hell have you been this is episode eight um if you've been listening all along then oh my god i love you so much thank you oh my god you're the best um i'm having a lot of fun doing this podcast so i really hope you guys are enjoying listening to it as well listening to me ramble on every week um with all the cool people that I get to talk to this week is definitely no exception we've got Daisy Egan on the show and uh, I'll tell you a little bit more about her in a second but before we get started I want to um, give a quick shout out to a couple of the people who have joined me uh, over on Facebook a at the Motherhood in Hollywood Facebook page Uh, I want to say hello and welcome to Donna Bard and Tanya Hendricks also, Rebecca Critchlow, I hope I'm saying your name right. Thanks so much, you guys, for finding the Motherhood in Hollywood Facebook page. And um, I hope you're enjoying the content that we're putting over there. Also want to give a quick shout out to a few of our new Twitter followers. Um, Catherine McCord, that might sound familiar to you. She is the creator and an author. Um, she does Weelicious, which is, uh, if you don't know, if you're a mom, um, it has some amazing, she she gives you amazing recipes um, for your kids at any age. They're healthy. They're easy to make um, for from baby food all the way up through toddler food. And she shows really uh, great videos as well, how to make those. So hi, Catherine. Thanks for joining me over on the Twitter. Brittany Parker also on Twitter and Jessica Turner, who is a mom and author as well. Uh, and a lot of other podcasters uh, hooking up with us on the social media as well. I appreciate that. And, you know, actually... I struggle a little bit with social media. I don't know about you guys, but it seems like there's so many social media outlets, it can be a little overwhelming. There's Instagram, there's Tumblr, there's Pinterest, there's um, Twitter, Facebook, obviously, and there's um, a new one that I'm just learning about called Periscope. And it's all a little um, much to take on, finding um because you want to stay social you want to stay out there and like you know let people know like I put a lot of work into this podcast I do it all by myself from my house um office from my home office and I love it and I want to make sure people are able to find it and hear about it and discover it because I know some amazing people I'm getting to meet some amazing people and I want to share them with everybody so I'm been struggling like trying to figure out how to Get the word out there socially. And I have a friend named Brian. He owns uh, Pineapple Advertising and uh he's kind of known as the Pineapple guy, if you will. Total expert in business and marketing and just knows his shit when it comes to social media and like branding and that sort of thing. So, I called him up and I was like, "Hey, help me out <laughs> because I'm I'm feeling a little overwhelmed. I'm feeling a little bit lost." And he was a wealth of information. He has such a unique perspective and actually it's really a fresh perspective on marketing and advertising and working your way, your um, yourself into the social media market. And um, yeah, he just does a great job with that. So I just want to say thank you. Uh, and if you need help with any of that, if you or your business is struggling, if your business is slowing down or you just want some fresh perspective on uh, how to market Whatever it is you're doing, um, market your career, your business, give Brian a call. Go to pickthepineapple.com and um, ask for Brian Barlow over there at Pineapple Advertising and tell him Heather from Motherhood in Hollywood sent you. And I promise he'll take good care of you. Brian's a really good guy, and I've known him for a really long time. So check it out, you guys. Um, so that being said, thank you again to everyone who's following us on Twitter and on Facebook and Instagram. I see you. I know what you're doing because then I follow you back. <laughs> okay. So I want to stop being a dork for just a minute and talk a little bit about my guest today. My guest, you guys, for real, uh, we've hit the jackpot here. Um, it's Daisy Egan. And if it sounds familiar to some of you, it's because she is the youngest actress Ever to win a Tony award. Holy F. Um, when this woman was, um, a little girl, when she was 11 years old winning a Tony, I was like bummed about not making junior varsity cheerleader, you know, like just to put things in perspective for you. I was 11 and I was sad that I didn't make the cheerleading squad. She was 11 and she won a freaking Tony. Um, and to hear her talk about her life since then, um, what changed in her life. Uh, she's a mother now. She has a little boy named Monty, who is just a doll. And um, she has a really incredible story to tell. But she's also really funny, and she's really grounded. And she has very strong viewpoints um, when it comes to women's rights and feminism and things like that. So this is a really great um look inside someone else's life who has man she's been through a lot um and she's so strong because of it and she also just moved to new york which makes me really sad because now we can't really hang out anymore um but that's okay we'll still skype and uh chat whenever we can so sit back relax and enjoy this interview with tony award-winning actress daisy egan Huh? Pretty good. I like it. All right, you guys, I'm joined today by uh, Broadway legend. <laughs> See, I, I picked my own title for yeah. you Broadway legend, Daisy Egan. Um, but I think, more importantly, you're a fellow mom. I am. And that's so exciting to me. I've literally been bugging Daisy for months to come and be on
1: my <laughs> show. It hasn't, it has not felt like bugging.
0: Okay, good. No. Um, Because you have such a great story to tell. And I love uh, what you're doing with your acting career, uh, with your mommyhood, with your feminist, like, you know, causes, Mm -hmm. you're taking up arms kind of Mm -hmm. a thing. Um, So I feel like we have a lot to cover.
1: Sure, yeah.
0: Before my toddler comes barging into the room. Yeah, and, and ruins everything. And ruins everything.
1: God, like they do. They oh, do. Just jerks. They really are. Uh,
0: right now, we are placating
1: her with a little bit of Fox and the Hound and some oh. snacks. <laughs> so. Monty, at this point in the day, would probably be watching Dinosaur Train.
0: Oh my God, we love
1: Dinosaur Unless he had already watched Sesame Street, because we try to like, you know, yeah. let's take it easy on the television.
0: Yeah, I have mixed feelings about it. When she was little um i i didn't do a whole lot of tv at yeah. least i feel like i didn't put her in front of a whole lot of tv mm-hmm. i watched a lot of yeah. tv yeah which is sort of the same thing but i mean i've had mom friends who are like if their kids are within a hundred yards of a tv they lose their shit and be like and they're like yeah
1: oh no tv and it's i like, think that mm-hmm. anything when it comes to parenting mm-hmm. On either extreme Like it, You're doing too much Right Do you know what I mean Totally I, I met a dad at the park Who um, We saw We were walking Back from the park And we saw a blimp In the sky Obviously mm-hmm. In the sky Not yeah. like not like Just like On Wilton <laughs> on Place On the sidewalk? Yeah um, And it had a screen You know okay. It had like an L- LED Like you know oh, Tonight yeah. the Lakers are playing Enjoy <sighs> Goodyear Tires Whatever uh-huh. And the guy literally was like Oh she hasn't had any Screen time yet mm. I was like, dude, are you serious? C- come on, now. That's ex-
0: that's come oh, that's on extreme. And I think I think I hope you made fun of him relentlessly,
1: not to his face. Oh, <laughs> I think they were, and I think they were too at that point. Mm-hmm. And it's like, look, I I respect that you don't want to do screen time, mm-hmm. but that's a blimp in this guy.
0: I think though, a lot of parents don't have. Um, I don't know. I everybody's trying so hard to do the right thing. Yes. That everyone's version of what the right thing is, is slightly different. Just like we can all see a car accident and have five different versions of what happened. Right. You know? Oh, absolutely. Everyone reads parenting tips and they all have five different versions on what that means to them.
1: Because it goes into your own computer brain Mm -hmm. and you have to process it based on like all of your experiences. Right, right. And then it's going to come out however it comes out. Right.
0: Tell me a little bit about Monty. He's almost two and a half.
1: Yeah, he'll be two and a half in November. Ooh. Um, and he's uh incredible. He's a ginger. He is a ginger, which that. was sh- I had I was shocked because you don't have red hair. Who is I don't. in your family? Kurt had red. Had red uh, Monty's dad had red hair when he was baby a daddy. kid. Daddy, it's my baby daddy. <laughs> my baby daddy had red hair when he was a kid, but when Monty came out with red hair, I I mean, I was shocked. Really? Yeah. I said to Kurt, "Who else have you been sleeping with?" Oh, <laughs> and then he had to explain how babies are made. Right, to me. right, and right. I was like, "Oh, it's a fun that's my bad." <laughs> um, yeah, he's so gorgeous. He's um, so
0: gorgeous, and I mean, just thank a sweetheart you. too. He yeah. and Channing had a play date. There's a really great museum here in LA called the Zimmer, the Zimmer. and um, it's a ch- they have
1: a children's museum there and
0: they had so much fun that is a great i know it's so
1: mad i hadn't been there before we we um switched it out this year we decided to join the museum of natural history instead Mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter anyway because we're moving away but i think i would have i in retrospect i should have stayed with the zimmer because it's more age appropriate yeah there's more stuff to do um I mean, there's less for the parents to do. Yeah. But it's still, it's so engaging for them. Oh, my gosh. Just so much. Yeah. Now, you mentioned that you're moving, which yeah. also,
0: I have to say, makes me a little sad. Because I feel I know. like I just got to know you. Like, Daisy and I, I have a mutual friend named Cassie Oates. Yes. And... The first time I met you was like a year and a half ago at a commercial audition, and mm-hmm. I had to take Channing with me. Mm-hmm. And I walked in, and your eyes lit up, and I was like, oh my gosh, she's going to compliment my baby. <laughs> it's fine. I get that all the time. <laughs> but you came up, and you were like, how are you able to bring your baby to an yeah. audition? And I was like, I don't know. I probably shouldn't. No, it was <laughs> so great. it was just one of those one of those situations where I didn't have anyone to watch her, and I had no choice. Oh, that's
1: that's one. I mean... As you mentioned in your introduction to me, I have like a lot of mm-hmm. you know f- feminist you know ideals, and mm-hmm. that's a big thing for me is like women are stymied in terms of work, right. a lot of times because of lack of childcare. Mm-hmm. Um, and f, man, if you need to bring your kid to a commercial audition, bring did your you, kid
0: did you, I was gonna say, so did you do you find you're hesitant to take Monty if you don't have other options? Have you uh, ever yes. had to
1: take him? I have taken him. Um about two months after he was born, I booked a terrible, terrible television gig. Oh. oh it was bad. Um and I I took him to set with me and I okay. brought a friend who yeah. like acted as his sort of onset nanny. Oh, but that's nice. um
0: It's very Hollywood of you.
1: It was. It was really Hollywood. It's a big moment. Um, yeah, and like on break, I was like pumping in the green
0: room. Um That's real. But that's real life. I yeah. mean, that's not like you know, um, your Reese Witherspoons, you're like, yeah. are, um, who are the big moms right now? Olivia Wilde probably has like five, five nannies or something. Yeah. Like, that's not how most actresses right. are in Hollywood. Most of us are pumping, mm-hmm. um, worrying that we're going to be leaking during an audition, yeah. trying to figure out what we're going to do if we get a last minute call to mm-hmm. go to Santa Monica. So there's a lot of that happening. And yeah, it's, it's really hard. It's
1: really hard. Yeah. It's hard. And, and if you add into that, like, all of the hormones that are play sure. and um for me so backtracking a little bit i never wanted to have kids i wasn't interested i wasn't particularly fond of children <laughs> um who is yeah <laughs> uh well the Duggars oh yeah are in a lot oh. of different ways oh, oh my God. that's terrible there's so many gross oh, there's so anyway, many
0: inference- inferences I
1: know um it's so funny just now that we're on the Duggars I've never watched <laughs> now that you brought up the Duggers. <laughs> now Duggars. that I'm on the Duggars I've, I've literally never watched that show no um either. because you know I A I-, I have no interest and B like even though I don't have a Nielsen box, like I just don't want you to add to that support yeah. anything that has to do with I've been with calling that.
0: them the Dugars. That's how little I know oh, about well them. Oh, well, there you go. Good. <laughs> I don't even know how they pronounce their name. All,
1: th- all I can think about when I think of that family is that Monty Python, the bit in um, Search for the Meaning of Life, mm-hmm. uh, or Monty Python and the Meaning of Life, where um, the- it's the Catholic woman, and she's just like basically just like pooping out kids. <laughs> And the song is called "Every Sperm Is Sacred."
0: Yes, every um, sperm is
1: sacred. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So anyway, with the Duggars, I kept thinking, like, statistically speaking, at least one of those kids is going to end up like a murderer, a something. murderer, a rapist, a rapist, like a, a serious drug addict in prison, in a hospital. Like, just statistically speaking, right. you have got twenty kids, or however many kids. I think there's 19. One in four people in this country suffer from mental illness. Mm-hmm. Like. And then before, and I was thinking this was going to be like down the line. Yeah. And then next thing you know, already there he is, yeah.
0: Chester Molester. Yeah. It, the, like, isn't he the oldest kid? Or, like, I don't. I know. think
1: he's like the oldest boy. I, I don't know. Anyway, I mean, it's that's what comes a of like gross story, teaching kids that your body is gross mm-hmm. and uh, you know and forbidden and yeah, putting a lot of shame on it. Yeah.
0: I will shame my daughter if she's being slutty. I'm just gonna throw that out there, Daisy. <laughs> I'm gonna be like, "Stop it!" What? Well, what's your <laughs> definition of slutty? I, whatever hits me at the moment is uh, are those shorts slutty? That's slutty. Stop it. <laughs> Take those off. No, I won't do that. I, I just wanted not. to see <laughs> Daisy's face went like white. Like, like
1: <gasps> I'm not gonna tell you how to parent, but please don't you do can, that. You can, but I will edit it out. My um, my I remember once my stepmother, I got sexually harassed and I was wearing like you know a see-through top or whatever with a bra and she said what What do you expect <laughs> I like to be like with a bra, with oh, a bra. What do you yeah what do you expect um, anyway um, so I didn't like children and um, my boyfriend and I had broken up uh-huh. uh, and but I hadn't moved out yet because I'd been traveling back and forth to New York working a lot right? Uh, and so it didn't I didn't need to move out there wasn't any kind of urgency um and then I found out I was 10 and a half weeks pregnant. No. Yeah. Um, and actually, yesterday was the three-year uh, anniversary of Finding the, out that you were pregnant? No, of the conception of the oh. of the wee one. You have it marked down? I just... We know when oh, it happened. Because yeah. uh, when she... When the doctor estimated how far along i was she was like this is probably when you conceived and i knew for sure i was like, like oh right oh, this it was, was the- when you got me drunk and took me out for churros exactly oh, we went to see uh liza at the hollywood bowl <laughs> <laughs> and the show was delayed because of oh my god i'm just sound problem yeah, I will <laughs> just
0: spit coffee everywhere <laughs> that's so like that's a that is like the gayest story oh yeah, ever. yeah
1: it was gay and like we drank a ton of chardonnay we sat next to these oh, fabulous I men i love it so much who shared their chardonnay with us after we'd finished our bottle and uh we went up that night we went up the two to watch the uh meteor showers which happen every year at this time yeah and then the next morning mm-hmm. we went out to see my friend's show and we were getting ready Beforehand, and anyway, then Monty was made. Oh, so um, a little
0: romance romance a little
1: bit. I uh, wouldn't call it romance. The
0: morning after, yeah, you were drinking. yes Oh my god! I'm yeah. just like, get off. Oh,
1: head. I was basically. I was like, <laughs> fine, just do your thing, and just hurry up. And then he basically.
0: duggered you. Is what you're saying? He, yes, exactly. I <laughs> <He> duggered you. <laughs> I got, oh no, that's horrible. I got duggered hard. This um, is going down.
1: And I, I, um, I think I'd like just started back on the I just that was the first night I was going back on the pill after like six months off because I'd been on it for so long that I was like I'm gonna give my body a break sure um so anyway we had like a a very short period of time to figure out what we were gonna do yeah
0: yeah
1: and um was it an option to not have the baby yeah that was was. something you were discussing yeah okay that was the first thought we were like okay well obviously we're not gonna do this this is bonkers
0: was it because you guys were broken up or was it because you just were like I don't know that I want to yeah it was a it was a a multiplicity of of factors it was like
1: I don't really want a kid I've never wanted a kid we're broken up how would we do this we can't afford to do this do I want to do this alone like all that stuff um so we had like a big fight and then and Kurt had a very typical you know male response male response which was like I can't do this this is too scary blah Mm mm-hmm And I went off to a hotel for a few nights, and um, he picked me up on Sunday. And we went and had brunch and decided, like, all right, let's do this, let's make it work. Okay. Um, And it was, you know, top three best decisions I've ever made. Yeah, I was going to say, so looking
0: back now, is it like, I mean, nobody ever wants to say,
1: oh, I regret making this
0: choice. But it is such a big decision, and it is a Permanent, lifelong. Yeah, you know. I
1: mean, I'll, I will, I will say there are days where I'm like, ugh, I don't want to listen to the right wheels now. on the bus yeah. again. Yeah. I want to go, drink, with you reference. know, whatever it is, yeah. right? And yeah. you know what I mean. Um, but no, I, I see Monty as like, I'm not religious. I don't have any like belief. I mean, I guess I sort of believe in like a higher something or other. But mm-hmm. anyway in some ways I feel like he has given me a clean slate. So for like all those years that I were like beat myself up for things that I did when I was younger Mm -hmm. or choices that I made that Mm -hmm. I felt bad about or whatever it was, I was able to, I'm now able to say like I had to do everything in my life exactly the way I did it. My life had to happen exactly the way it happened in order for me to get this this kid. Yeah. Absolutely. So everything, my, my mom dying, my, me getting married and then divorce like everything Mm -hmm. big giant shows that I turned down for like weird reasons everything had to happen that way so it makes me it gives me a lot of um gratitude yeah which I didn't have a lot of before.
0: Sure. It's also very, it's humbling. Yes. Along with gratitude comes uh, a little bit of humility. Yeah. My mom used to harass Chris and I for years and years because we were married for 10 years. Oh, wow. Almost 11 before we decided up kids.
1: Oh, wow. Were we, you just like not going to? No. Yeah. We were
0: not fans yeah. <laughs> of, yeah. of children. We just loved like our lives. We loved being able to pack up and go yeah. to vegas or mm-hmm. napa or you know wherever we want two in the
1: morning you can be like i feel like waffles yeah
0: and do and just mm-hmm. go do it i mean it was already we had a dog and a cat it was already like mm-hmm. such a hassle to try to find someone to watch them but we were like oh, yeah. could you imagine with a baby yeah um so we just were not feeling it and my mom for years was just like why don't you have a baby why don't you have a baby and then um when we decided to have channing and it was just total game changer total like eye opener for me in yeah. terms of like how I lived before versus because there I think there is for a lot of moms like a pre-baby post-baby shift um in your attitude and you know yes um psyche for sure and my mom says to me all the time now don't you wish you had her sooner don't you wish don't you see now what you've been missing I wouldn't out have had on? her I know and that's what I say I'm like mom I would not have had this baby no. at this time it would have been a different egg a different sperm yeah. all of that and I would not have had this perfect, wonderful child. Yeah. And like, so no, I, yeah. everything was exactly the way it was supposed to be. Like, yes, do so I have regrets? Absolutely. But everything mm-hmm. worked out the way it was supposed to. Yeah. Um, and I'm so glad that we waited. Yeah. Because we would not. We were not ready in our 20s. No way. Oh God. I would have like. I don't want to d- say how old I am. Uh, <laughs> I just realized like nobody knows. That I'm only 25,
1: um, but anyway, so I think about that a lot too. I know I think about a lot. Like, I I honestly don't think that anyone should be allowed to make any massive life decision until they're like 30. Until
0: they're 30, yeah.
1: No kids, no marriage, no tattoos, oh, no buying of no property, tattoos. no tattoos.
0: Oh boy, I'm in trouble.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, uh, I would get every single one of mine removed. Now, my
0: friend, my best friend from back home, Teresa, um, she got married when she was I think 19 or 20. Oh. And um, couldn't drink at her own wedding. Ugh. And now she has five kids. Uh, but see, but she's so happy.
1: Like, I well, can't even, good.
0: you know what I mean? Like, it's like, that was not my path. No.
1: Um, that was. I not got married me, at 23. But- and Ooh, when I really look young. back, I was a baby. Yeah. And I thought I was a grown up. Yeah. And my head was jammed so far up my own butt at that point in my life. Um, Isn't that funny? Do you think that 20
0: years from now, we'll look back and be like, Remember when we were in our 30s and we and our heads were so far up our butt. We didn't know what we were doing. I
1: don't don't think it's as much Mm -hmm. because I really do think like developmentally there's stuff that goes on in your brain. I mean, your brain's not finished developing until you're like mid to late 20s. Yeah. Literally, scientifically, your brain is not finished developing. And so I think like your 20s are for becoming who you're going to be. And so I think... Ha- I mean again lots of people do it and they're perfectly happy. Sure. But for me it just marriage was not the right thing and I certainly would not have been a good mother. I mean maybe I would have, but yeah. it just it I'm
0: it's not you're happy with your I'm very happy half. Mm-hmm. Um so I was saying we met at the audition initially yes. and then um Uh, I think I followed you on Twitter or something. Thank God for Twitter. Yes. Um, Everyone go to Twitter right now and follow (laughs) us both immediately. Um, And uh, then we met up again or ran into you again in a writing class that we took earlier this year. Um, I know why I took the class. I took it because I feel like I have so many ideas, but I don't have the tools to sit down and write what I want to write. And I, that was a huge fear of mine is that I was going to write something, but it would be wrong and it would look sloppy and unprofessional. And I couldn't ever submit it to anybody. And it so was a a stumbling block. Because the for me.
1: class that we took was a spec. The spec writing class with Ed Lee. So yeah. how come you took that instead of like the pilot writing class?
0: Um, because I felt like, well, first of all, that was the one that was being offered, I think, next. Uh, but also, I think I just wanted to know what is happening in a writer's room mm. like I know I can come up with ideas right but I wanted to know a little bit more about the process of writing a day-to-day yeah
1: or week-to-week show well that's what's so unfair about having to ha- like have pilots in your portfolio because yeah. you are writing them by yourself if you're yeah. lucky you have a partner like a writing partner yeah. but it doesn't reflect the reality of what goes on because nope. what goes on is that the whole room comes up there's with like ideas. 10 or 12 people right sometimes. the whole room beats out the show the whole room you know and then you go outline it but like when you're doing it by yourself it's horrible Ah, it's so hard because you're questioning
0: everything yes you're like does this make sense I mean my my husband is my biggest litmus test I have mm-hmm. him read everything that I write and yeah. he's so great mm-hmm. and encouraging and like he'll be like this is great I really love this and I'm like Thank you. Yeah. Like I love, I love that he's so encouraging. But I also I need a critical eye. Yeah, who is familiar with the industry and you yes. know who can. Well, it's interesting because
1: my writing mentor um, wrote on the show that I decided to spec, and I got a lot of flack online because I, I I hate the internet. Being, I hate I hate oh, the internet. Yeah, I do I like. Do too. There are really times where I'm like, man, the world was better before. I mean, the world yeah. was also worse, but, you know. Well,
0: the internet gives people license to think that their opinions matter. Yes. Yeah. And that they can just say whatever they want to yeah. whoever they want yeah. behind their computers. I so. went
1: onto the LA Writers Facebook forum that our teacher, Ed, yeah. was like, you have to go on this thing. And I said, like, hey, does anybody know what to do if... Um, Oh the the the, <laughs> the template for about a boy yeah. was totally different and that was your spec that you yeah it was about a boy it was totally different from the templates of most other one hour uh, half hour single camera shows mm-hmm. so I was like what do I do do I you mean what do
0: you mean it was like different in terms of literally the like the mark the, the fonts the and the margins, margins
1: were different mm-hmm. and my question was is the person who's going to be reading this spec are they going to be familiar enough. With everything that with they'll the know, pilot. like, okay, this is the About a Boy template. Okay. Or are they going to look at it and go, she doesn't know what she's doing because this template is different than the ones that everybody right. uses. Right. So I went on and I asked that question. And somebody got on, a few people got on my case for writing a spec for About a Boy because it was on the bubble. It, you know, oh it might gosh. get canceled. And I was like, That's you know what? what? I'm That's not the question I'm asking. Zammies. And then I got flack for being snotty. Course, and then somebody uh uh like insulted me for having won a Tony when I was a kid, and I was like, <gasps> okay, literally, all I asked was about a f- script template. What's wrong with people? This guy was like, yeah, I'm really sure I want to read a script from a former child, and I was like, okay, what was your name on your handle or something? Yeah, oh
0: my god.
1: So, anyway, um, <laughs> so anyway, my friend was a writer on About a Boy, and I love her. She's great. She mm-hmm. writes on a lot of shows. She's extremely talented. She's wonderful. She's sweet. But I I sent her my pilot, and mm-hmm. she was like, I love this. This is wonderful. This is awesome. And then I sent it to a friend of mine who's lower down in the chain um, <laughs> on ne- you know, network television or, uh-huh. or cable television. And she was like, well, here's what needs to be fixed structure-wise. And I was like, why didn't my mentor wanna hurt your feelings i don't care about so my feelings it's so hard
0: to i know but see other people might it, it may just be like you know was one of them a man
1: and one of them a woman no they're both women and then on the opposite side of that for my spec uh-huh. which was the show she wrote on mm-hmm. um ed was like this is great blah 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 and then when i showed it to my writing mentor she was like this is good but here's the structure stuff you need to fix and it i was, was like different wait a what, minute was it different than what ed was saying too? yes you
0: know Writing is is so subjective. Yeah. Everything creative, yes. basically, is subjective. Art, theater, you know, all of it. And that's why, you know, I talked to my friend Rich Keith a couple of weeks ago. Um, he was on the show. And I was talking to him about having a writing partner. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes those are like the best relationships mm-hmm. in L.A. Because you've got that other person who is giving you their opinions and their thoughts but also like um has a different perspective and you guys can find a yeah. happy you know yeah. balance together um
1: but a lot of people say that that their writing part that they're closer to their writing partner than, than they their are. spouse yeah
0: yeah that's what rich was saying but his wife was here so <laughs> he was like i mean i love you i mean it was like it was awkward um but uh yeah i mean i i I took that class, too, because I just didn't know how to get started. Mm-hmm. And I also just really felt like I needed to have a fire lit under me to yeah. be like, I can do this. Yeah. And in the process of taking that writing class, I realized I don't know if I can. <laughs> like, really? I don't know if I can. I felt like I was so far off from what I had envisioned. And mm-hmm. I have not revisited it since. And I'm really mad at myself for not doing that. But Well, first of all
1: stop it <laughs> but second of all that's really interesting because i thought that you and stephanie and i mm. frankly were the strongest writers in that it. class oh for sure oh yeah your stuff was on point
0: you totally Thanks. got the voice of the show and yeah and i felt stephanie i felt that too. way about you oh so, she's so cute yeah she did this marry me spec stephanie drake who was on mad men yeah. i hope she'll
1: come on the show too i need to ask i bet her. she will
0: um
1: although she's not a mom it doesn't matter. You don't have to
0: be a mom. Oh, okay. my friend Rich was oh, right. a mom. Oh, right, he's not yeah. a mom. Right. This the the motherhood part of motherhood in Hollywood is m- me. I'm the motherhood. Okay, but I also want to highlight all my other moms. Good, my mom friends uh, as well.
1: But yeah, I bet Stephanie will come on. Yeah, I thought her "Marry Me" script was great. Great, and you so did great. the Mindy Project. Yeah, I did Mindy yeah. Project.
0: I had such a fondness for those characters. Yeah. Um, I. uh... I love the voice. I love that Mindy is doing something different, where she's sort of the awkward, weird girl who, it, you know, I don't want to say she looks awkward and weird, but she doesn't look like everybody. She else She sure doesn't on TV. fit the mold, yeah. And yeah. that's that's what I I love about mm-hmm. it. I'm not saying I want every show to be like, look, I'm you know, like I'm sorry, but Zoe Deschanel yeah. is not no. awkward and weird. Mm-mm. Can we just stop pretending that because yeah. we
1: put glasses on her that she's I'm not, a nerd. That she's no, a nerd, and
0: that she's not gorgeous yeah. and funny and like yeah. smart. Um. Yeah, yeah. I
1: I'm not a big fan of Mindy's show. I think, and I'm upset that Why after, that? I just for me, I'm surprised. Like it's so. I like, know.
0: Oh, women empower me. Well, a women. She's a doctor. She's, I know. It's just that she. And-
1: I love what she's doing. Mm-hmm. I have an incredible respect for what she's doing. Yeah, and um, and I think it's great. Mm-hmm. I just the show itself doesn't really appeal to me, and. Sure. I don't like the fact that she got rid of um, a lot of the female characters right quick.
0: Yeah. uh, Like in the beginning. Yeah.
1: And I don't know really, and it's not really fair for me to speculate. Yeah. But I I do have a feeling that Uh she was like, I want to be. Like the star of the show,
0: right? So, you know, that reminds me, you actually have very specific and very strong feelings about women in culture and women's sexuality and it's a feminism is a huge part of your life right
1: yeah so the um the aesthetics of our culture like the preferences that we have or the or whatever we think the ideal of like sexuality or or beauty is comes uh it's it's a product of our culture and we live in it. So mm-hmm. we can't pull, our, it's hard to pull yourself out of it. So mm-hmm. so we think, we're told like, this is what is sexy, right? Right. And so, and I fall into it too. Like, so then if I wear like a, a hot dress or whatever it is, it's like, I feel sexy mm-hmm. because I am fitting the mold of what sexy is supposed to be. Does that make sense? Yeah, but if you're defining your mold of what you think is sexy, right? But that's different. So then, if I want to go out like with the Riot Girls in the '90s, -hmm. they were like, "I'm going to wear my, you know, my full butt underwear and this bra, and I'm going to write slut against uh, across my belly, and I'm going to wail into a mic and and wail on my guitar Mm -hmm. because I think that's sexy. Like that was that was an example of some women being like here's here's what I think is sexy
0: where do you think this comes from because you have such a strong feminist viewpoint where Mm -hmm. do you think that comes from
1: uh I think I think it comes a lot from my mother Mm -hmm. uh she was um a huge well it's funny she was she was a radical feminist she would consider herself a radical feminist she was a women's health writer she was a women's health advocate Um, she wrote the first, like, guidebook for teenage girls on, like, what it's like to be a teenage girl. Um, and so she was very much into, like, you know, the equal rights and pro-choice, and, um, my sister and I were both raised in that culture. Um. Now, you mentioned a couple of times mm -hmm. that your mom
0: passed away, but we didn't really touch on that.
1: Yeah. She died when I was 13. Mm -hmm. Uh, she had... (laughs) ironically she had colon cancer um and found it way too late so here she is being this woman's health advocate and then completely ignoring her own health because colon cancer is literally the easiest thing to take care of oh wow
0: even back then so she like didn't see the signs or she just ignored the signs
1: she hated going to the doctor she mm-hmm. she uh distrusted western medicine mm-hmm and um so she never went to really get her proper checkups yeah so by the time they found it it was too late
0: do you have like any resentment towards her because of that
1: um again i i i used to mm-hmm. um but i can't anymore because again it it all had to happen that way sure. I have decided instead of being resentful of it, I've decided to like learn from it. Mm -hmm. And so now I go get my colonoscopy every five years. Right, (laughs) right. You know, and I, and I make sure that I'm okay and I make sure that I'm healthy. Um, Because your mom was really young. To the extent that I can. Yeah, she was 49. Yeah. Um, There are things that um, I'm like. I don't understand like she so she knew she was gonna die she knew when she was diagnosed it was terminal and she died I guess a year and a half after that and she never like she didn't like write me a letter or you know what I mean and there was no like final goodbye or yeah yeah and I and I remember in the last few days that she was alive like I remember her sitting on her bed at home reading the New Yorker and you know, God bless her. That's what she wanted to do with her time. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I guess ever since I've had Monty, I've I've started thinking about like what what must, what must that be like mm-hmm. to know that you're going to die and you have a young child and you're never going to get to to all of speak that to stuff. them again and right. you, and you have
0: I feel like I have all of this stuff I want to impart onto her right. little impressionable mind, right.
1: you know. And so I'm, so yeah, it's, I'm kind of like, well, why didn't she, why didn't she leave me with anything like that? And then also, um, going back to where my, my feminism comes from. Mm -hmm. So it comes from being raised with those ideals and then also seeing the gaps in my mother's, um, you know, feminist theory and, and the way that she lived and wanting to do better. Okay. Um, you think that's sort of what's driving you in, in those terms? And- yeah, I think so. And um I don't know. I, I mean it's funny when, when a woman says she's not a feminist, it doesn't make any sense to me because then 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 don't go vote. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Don't go get a job. Don't
0: you think though that there are varying degrees of feminism? Oh, sure. Um, but
1: there are women who will be like, no, I'm not a feminist.
0: Well, I think maybe because they don't understand yeah. the term. I mean, because a lot of women see feminism like what you just described in granny panties and like slut across <laughs> right. your shirt and like protesting or rioting in the right. street. Right. Feminazis. Right. Right. Sure. Uh, I think that's what a lot of people perceive it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I I uh, have a lot of friends back home, like in Oklahoma, who mm-hmm. are just like, oh, feminist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, it's not something I personally ever use to describe myself.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: However, if I look at how I think mm-hmm. about things and about the world and about how um, men treat women, how men treat me, mm-hmm. who, how I want my daughter treated, yeah. then I definitely have feminist tendencies. Yeah. yeah <laughs> of course. I'm is that something I can have? I mean I've got the tendency like gay tendencies. <laughs> I've got feminist tendencies yeah. as well. So I think every woman who is a strong woman mm-hmm. and who has um you know, at least this is just from my perspective, mm-hmm. who have strong opinions, who has uh, who is assertive, um, can have feminist Thoughts and tendencies sure. and, like, feelings. and I mean, I would
1: call you a feminist. Yeah. But if you don't call yourself a feminist, then th- I don't that's call myself okay. a
0: lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I know. There's this big movement lately with, like, not labeling. Yes. Everyone's like, don't label me. I don't want to label. And I'm right. like, BT dubs, everyone and everything has a label. Yeah. Whether your name is Daisy. Right. That's a label. Right. That's your name. We sure. call you Daisy. You're um, a white woman. Mm-hmm. You are a feminist. Mm-hmm. Those are labels. Right. Um, even if I call you a just a person, mm-hmm. that's a label. Sure. So everyone just stop with the, I don't want to be labeled. Yeah. you got to have some label. Like, yeah. They're, they're, they're pronouns. They're just, they're right. just pronouns and adjectives. But, you
1: know, if a person doesn't, if a person rejects the pronoun that their, you know, gender mm-hmm. was given to them.
0: Well, gender. Yeah. I mean, if you. Then that's fine. If you don't want to be called. A she and people keep right. calling you a she right you absolutely say stop calling me that mm-hmm. but i just think that the whole movement against because to me it's a movement against words they're yeah. they're words that are used to describe the world in which we yes. live and you cannot tell the entire world to stop using words right because there's a label for everything this is
1: a desk right that's a label it's, well that's know? funny because i was just thinking about this yesterday uh you know when people are offended by um whatever by comments that donald trump makes or or amy schumer or whatever and they say and then other people say oh get over it it's just words it's like well Mm -hmm. words are all we have and they're powerful they're literally all we have but you (laughs) can't take them away you can't
0: tell people not to use them Mm -mm. um yeah, I mean that's the issue I have. If whether you're using them to be hurtful is a different story. Right. Whether you're using them to drag someone down or you know something like that, that's a different convers like a slightly different conversation. Right. But and just I don't to say think, not to label, right. I hate that. Yeah. Like,
1: no, we have to. We have right. to use our words. And the it's- whole conversation that was happening, I guess, like a year or so ago about rape culture, and like there was this, there is this big movement to try to get comedians to stop. With the rape oh, jokes, and then people say like you're you're um you're stymieing me. You're we, we shouldn't ban words. It's like we're not talking about banning words. Mm-hmm. We're not saying it should be illegal for you to make a rape joke. Mm-hmm. What we're saying is think better. Yeah, you know what I mean. Take us take a moment and let's use our critical thinking skills and think about the power structure in in our culture and the privilege structure and for you to be a person who doesn't have to leave the house worrying about their sexual safety maybe it's not appropriate for you to then mock somebody they who does have it. to worry about them. right
0: absolutely um i think uh do you want to come in you can come in can you sit real quiet No. okay <laughs> chenny's here she's gonna join us um we have, you've also mentioned a couple of times about your Tony. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I, I briefly mentioned that when I introduced you, but you won a Tony Award when you were 11 years old, mm-hmm. and you are still the record holder for the youngest actress to win a Tony? Yes. That's correct, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what is that like for you? Because I know we've talked a little bit about your, um, you're still an actress, and mm-hmm. you are still going out for auditions and TV shows tv and film and Mm -hmm. you also um do a lot with theater and a lot of stage shows and things Mm -hmm. like that but um i want to know what that's like for you to want a tony at 11 like i think i was in high school like still trying to get cast like got mad at my drama teacher for not casting me in the lead of my school play and you (laughs) are freaking winning a tony that's just unbelievable to me thank you um i watched your speech online by the way i cried (laughs) I'm so, I'm like oh my god she's so little I was very little yeah I was very little you want to go hide yeah. okay be real quiet because mommy is talking to Miss Daisy okay can you be real quiet you can stay in here you want to sit in the chair okay um, so what is that like for you is it I mean because it's really absolutely mind blowing to
1: me it's um it's funny it's obviously a huge part of my life mm-hmm. it's a huge part of my career and my identity as a person and um, it it played a big and does continue to play a big role in like who I am and how I'm shaped and stuff sure um, and I am extraordinarily grateful for the experience secret garden I think in a lot of ways saved my life you know my mom was very ill while I was doing that show she was diagnosed um two months three two months after I won or three months Mm. so um it was a it was a I don't know what would have happened to me if I hadn't been acting
0: in terms of like um,
1: I don't know how I would have coped
0: What else you would have had to do with your life? Like any other focus? Yeah. I,
1: I, you know, I didn't, I wasn't. Because it
0: happened. Your mom passed away just two years after you won that award. Yes. Mm -hmm. Do
1: you feel like the acting industry saved your life or do you feel like theater? I'm not sure. I, I, I think in some ways just being in the secret garden saved my life. The fact that I was able to, I had somewhere to go every day after school that wasn't, you know, home where all the sickness was happening. Sure. Um, also, I was so horribly ostracized at school that also being in the theater helped me with that as well. Why? Because you Ugh. were a famous actress? No, 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 no. From before. Oh. I was short and I was loud and we didn't oh. have a lot of money. I wore hand me downs. You know, my hair was always not in like rat's nest. <gasps> um, and so. Theater was, was an outlet that I don't... If I hadn't had it, I just don't know. You know, I suffer from depression, um, which, again, like, I don't know if it be, was because my mom got sick mm. and died or from before that. Um, but it's possible if it was before that, that it would have manifested younger and I wouldn't have... I just don't know what would have happened. Right. And And because of theater and because of Secret Garden, I had you know a A purpose a purpose and a bigger family of support yeah um so in in that regard it's it's priceless um also you know i never have to start at square one in terms of my career which is great there's always at least a foot in the door that i can get um there's there's some name recognition which can be a bad thing. Like there are days where I'm like, I wish that I could just like change my name yeah. and like change my face and just go back and start from the beginning.
0: Yeah. What is that like for you? Cause I can't imagine, you know, I started this career a little bit later in life. Mm-hmm. Like I had been a reporter and an anchor right. for many years, but my heart, I always feel like was in theater yeah. and was in acting. And I finally realized that a little bit later than yeah. I, had, um, I wanted to, but I can't imagine at 11, mm-hmm. like, reaching such a pinnacle yeah and then you you know at 11 what you want to do do you feel like you um wanted to change your mind to do something else oh yeah or do you just sort of feel like well this is what I've been doing it's just what I do now yeah
1: um in my 20s I really got to this point where I was like I don't know if I want to do this anymore and I don't know if it's because I don't want to do it Mm -hmm. or because I'm tired of doing it I don't know if it's what I do just because it's what I do or if it's what I love to do. And then at that point, it was like I didn't know how to do anything else. Or I thought Sorry. I didn't know how to do anything else. <gasps> Did you paint that so fast? Yeah, Channy made a painting for days. Wow, that was fast. I wow. thought that was going to take a lot longer.
0: Oh, no, no, no. Don't put it on the wall. It's
1: wet.
0: Yeah, it's wet. No, it's not wet. Okay. Can you go paint one more? Paint more. Mommy's talking to Daisy right now though, okay? So shh. Sh- sh- yeah, she's a blessing. <laughs>
1: yes, I completely understand.
0: <laughs> it's that what we were talking about a second ago, um, before we started recording, is that it's so hard as a mom now to mm-hmm. divide your time between
1: the mother motherhood. And-
0: Creative Doing the creative things that you kinda wanna do for your career, like writing. Yep. You know, taking that writing class was a big part of me trying to light a fire to get writing again. Yeah. But I just I'm so drained at the I end know, of the it's day. incredibly hard. And it's um you know, sitting down to even just write a blog post. I'm like, I know.
1: I haven't. I mean, I, I this you morning, have
0: a, pretty, a pretty big blog, right? A pretty active. Well, blog? I
1: did. I haven't yeah. really written anything in like a year.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, because just life got too hard. When sure. Monty was napping four times a day, it was easy. Now, right. you know, now it's completely different. And, um, when he is napping, that's like the time to get stuff done or like to like, fo- yeah, mm-hmm. or to like get 20, a 20 minute nap or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's, but I, I would like to be blogging about this experience cause we're, we're moving back to New York on I know. Monday. I'm so sad. I know. I'm sad. I'm very sad about it.
0: Why? Where did this come from? I know. I know we talked a little bit about, um, more opportunities for you there, yeah. especially with your background in yeah. theater. Is that basically why you're doing it?
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I that's a large part of it. Um, my boyfriend has been unemployed for a year. He got laid off mm-hmm. a year ago, and he just has not been able to had find else? luck finding work out here. He worked for a production company for 15 years. Wow! And I don't know if it's that like loyalty doesn't mean anything anymore, or like he's just mm-hmm. not technologically. I go, go high. Okay. Go hide. Okay. And, yeah, for me, you know, it it hasn't worked out here in L.A. the way that I would have wanted it to. Mm -hmm. And I've been very philosophical about that lately. Because I'm very good at beating myself up. And I'm very good at being like, I failed, I failed. And I have to remind myself that, like just life goes the way life goes and I've had some bad luck with representation I've mm. just had bad luck I've How had long have you lived in LA 12 and a half years oh, okay. a long time um, yeah. and I've just had some really bad reps yeah. out here and and I'm not gonna blame it all on them I've also sort sure. of been a mess and um not in a great place and then when I was about 26 or 7 I decided I needed to get out And I took a four-year break from the business. I went back to school. I got like a regular job.
0: What was that like?
1: Um, It was interesting. The job, the place that I worked was, you know, a a discombobulated mess. But um, I liked having an office. I liked answering people's questions and emails and whatever. And I I was a program coordinator for a master's program. And so I liked it. Did you feel like you were
0: missing out on something? No,
1: I didn't Mm -hmm. until the end of that. And then I was like. I started to do like little cabaret like friends were like hey come sing in my cabaret and at Mm -hmm. first I was like I'm not doing that anymore and then I started to again and I was like oh I remember this part of it I liked this part and so I got back in and then you know sort of quickly was like oh right I forgot about the part that I hated well there's like the part of it that I I love and then there's the business part of it that I don't love
0: I think that's with everybody out here like yeah the the performing yeah Is the part that most people love But it's the part you get to do the least Yeah
1: And also it's like When I got back in It was suddenly like Twitter and Facebook And you need to have a social media presence And how do you craft that And what do you want to be on social media And how much of your life do you want people to know Yeah Um,
0: There's a fine line Yeah
1: And when I got back in I started working right away And things were really ramping up And it looked like pilot season was going to be great And then Mm -hmm. I was pregnant Uh, And then I was really pregnant during pilot season, as you know, because you were too. Um, So that, you know, sort of ended up being another roadblock. But again, it's like I've gotten to this place where I'm like, life happens the way it needs to happen. And I'm not going to fight it because it's going to take me where I need to be. Yeah. Wherever that is.
0: And do you think that New York will make a difference? Yeah,
1: I do i think you know my community is there and i am a theater actor Mm -hmm. at heart and also i think that the tv industry out there is very different than it is here yeah i think there's a lot more room for uh people that aren't cookie cutter Mm -hmm. you know um and
0: i've always looked at new york though as being just a theater town not anymore I know that they're starting to get more productions and there's things that are popping up. But Mm -hmm. I, for me, New York was never an option because I'm not like a triple threat. I don't say dance. Well, no,
1: there is a lot of TV production happening there. There's Girls, there's Orange is the New Black, there's The Good Wife. There's a lot of stuff happening there. Um, Plus, nowadays, with putting yourself on tape, like, you you know, plus Atlanta's not far and Atlanta's where a lot of stuff is happening. Mm Mm-hmm
0: um so i have a friend right now who's working like crazy because he got an atlanta-based agent yep and is just booking everything i had two friends
1: move down there yeah that's what i did i'm just moving there because there's so much yeah wait who's your friend his name is justice oh okay my friend eddie yeah, do the same thing.
0: No, he was his agents were like, You're literally booking everything that's happening right now in Hotlanta. You gotta go. And my Walking agency dead, actually has a one.
1: branch down there. Yeah. So I might just tell them, like, hey, get me in on all of that. You
0: know, um I love LA. Yeah. Uh, my husband and I have we're like, we love it here. Mm-hmm. I can't see us ever moving, you know. Uh it's obviously cost prohibitive and, it's and horrible hard. and all that. But I feel like I um could work if I went to Atlanta yeah I just don't know that I want to I yeah. just love I love everything about the community here in LA I totally vibe with
1: yeah well last fall we were actually very strongly considering moving to Raleigh um North Carolina because mm-hmm.
0: oh, there's, there's a lot of production there too
1: there well and it's close to Atlanta and it was voted the best city to raise a family in yeah it's got isn't a, that
0: interesting how yeah. your perspective suddenly changes yes. on that when you have a kid you're like Oh, right. now I would like to not be mm-hmm. where next to the LAPD, where they could possibly shoot yeah. shoot at and me. And also, where like
1: we're in a horrible drought, and an yeah. earthquake is going to break us off. Into my the water sea. bill
0: is unbelievable. Yeah. I I use less water now than I've ever used in my mm-hmm. whole life, and I'm paying double. Yeah. I'm like, how does this happen? Yeah, I'm so mad. For those who don't know, California is in a major drought right now, and all of the water companies are putting major restrictions on the water bills but they're also raising Mm -hmm. their rates because the water companies say well hey we're losing money on this
1: drought because well and also it's the only way to get people to stop using so much it
0: is but i wrote a story on this i work for um, a local news organization i wrote a story about this about how the heads of all of the utilities the major water utilities are like hey we've got to raise the rates because people are conserving so much that we're losing money oh my god so it's like you may be making the best effort possible to help with the drought but you're still going to be paying out the ass because the water companies need to make money
1: and then people say water's free yeah no it's not no look you get free water right out of your tap no you don't um
0: (laughs) yeah the drought yeah so So there's a
1: lot of there's a lot of i love la i love the weather i love the lifestyle i feel like after 12 and a half years i finally made like a community here like i'm I'm starting to really make connections not business necessarily Uh just like people that i love and i want to do things with but but now you're leaving my yeah my family (laughs) is back in new york yeah um my i think my career is back there and i think now i've had time to like Step away and sort of become a better person and a different mm-hmm. person with a different perspective. And so I feel like I will have a different experience in New York than I had in my, you know, an, until I was 23 when I moved out here.
0: And now you get to take Monty with you. Yes. And that will be a whole new experience than yes. the last time you were in New York, too, because now you're a New Yorker with a kid.
1: Yeah. Then, i'm hoping not to live like right in manhattan yeah. i want to live you know i mean we in can't suburbs, afford brooklyn little, but maybe yeah. like queens or something it's
0: not funny like brooklyn to me was always like in my mind seemed sketchy but then oh, the I last time we were there it was like what the i we went to brooklyn heights and it was very fabulous i grew
1: up <laughs> in park slope and i was born in park slope back before it really became gentrified mm-hmm. um And especially in our end of the neighborhood, we were in the South Slope. My parents are still there, my dad and his wife. And it it was like crack vials and, you know, liquor stores. Oh, yeah. And now it's Park Slope is the most expensive place to live, like, in the country. And there are people like Williamsburg, which you didn't go to. Mm -hmm. Red Hook, you did not go to. Bushwick and Brownsville, uh, you didn't go there. Because they were scary. Yeah. And now they're, you know... The places to be. Yeah. There's like artisan, you know, mayonnaise shops.
0: Um, I am a little sad that you're leaving. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm very sad that because, I'm leaving. Because like, I know it will be good for you and I know that, you know, your career. But I feel like since we've just sort of reconnected and you yeah. have a child, you are one of the few people I know that has a child yeah. the same age as mine. Um, it's hard in LA to meet other moms who mm-hmm. are A, in the industry, yeah. but B, have kids and and are normal.
1: I know I'm like sh- I'm like damn it I could easily like bring Monty here and then we could just like right sure and they would entertain yeah, each but now other you're leaving and you're fucking all down. that I'm up Daisy I'm completely Thanks. fucking up you it can do up. it over Skype once again kids fuck everything right <laughs> um I uh
0: what can people expect to see from you like do you think in the next few years like what do you think we'll be hearing and seeing from Daisy
1: well what's on your agenda <laughs> I would like to be writing more. I think like if somebody waved a magic wand and I, I had my dream job, I would be a staff writer. I don't I don't know that I want to be a showrunner necessarily. Yeah. Maybe someday, but like I I just want to be on staff. Yeah, <laughs> I want to be on staff with a show. Maybe be on it. Yeah but I'm less interested in being in front of the camera these days. Cause
0: aren't you, are you full finding, are you full finding, are
1: you finding fulfillment
0: with like, cause you've done one woman shows mm-hmm. and you do your, um, brunch show, uh-huh. um, which is, tell me about that really quick.
1: The brunch of shame. The brunch of Daisy shame. and Jordan's brunch of shame. She's my, uh, Jordan Kybernet. She's my comedy writer and my life wife. Um, I'm platonically in love with her. um, <laughs> And so we do this Sunday brunch show where we sing and we're completely inappropriate and yeah. uh, talk about, you know, dirty things and not dirty things. And we get topics from the audience and mm-hmm. we give bad advice to the audience and um, do pop quizzes. And it's so much fun. It sounds like a blast. Ugh, it's so much fun.
0: And that will get moved to New York then.
1: I believe so. I think Jordan has the ability to come out here, out to New York uh fairly regularly so I think we're gonna try to find a venue there we're also gonna host um an evening of James Bond songs at 54 Below on November 15th I am looking forward to creating a lot of work
0: yeah
1: a lot of projects I'd like to join UCB in New York Um, I
0: just that reminds me I just listened to this show with Kay Cannon mm mm-hmm um, she's the writer of Pitch Perfect and Pitch Perfect mm-hmm. 2. And she also was a staff writer on um, 30 Rock. Uh-huh. She was doing improv and sketch at UCB in New York. Yeah. Became friends with, or I think she met Tina Fey, actually, in Chicago. Uh-huh. At, at um, Second City, Chicago. And was not getting auditions in New York. She's a great story. I want to have her come on the yeah. show. But she was doing um, auditions in New York. Wasn't getting anywhere. Nothing was happening with her career. But she had this great all-woman sketch show yeah and um she decided to take a writing class Uh a spec writing class to learn like you know well maybe i'll write kind of a thing kind of like we were thinking right Um, and while she was in the middle of that class tina fey was casting writer or casting writers hiring writers for 30 rock and she had mentioned to her, like, oh, I'm taking this class. And Tina Fey apparently said, send me what you've got. <gasps> yeah. And she's like, I'm just in the middle of this class. So she had to quickly, halfway through her sketch her, uh, spec writing class, wrap up her spec, oh, email it to Tina Fey. She had a couple of her friends look it over. But basically, like, send it to Tina Fey and had a couple meetings, and she was hired as a staff writer See, on See, I keep
1: rocks. hearing these stories. right? I keep right? hearing these stories where writers are like, well, basically... I ran into an exec at a party and yeah. talked to them about blah blah blah, and then they called me. And I'm, and, but then everyone else says like it's impossible to get staffed. Yeah. I'm like, but then how come every staff person is. is
0: saying like I don't, I don't think it's impossible. I think that uh, if you're good and your stuff is good, people are gonna want to work with you. Yeah, that's what I. think. My problem. And you're prepared. Is I'm my, not prepared. If my somebody... problem is is that
1: I I can't figure out how to get people to to
0: read your stuff. To read my stuff. Mm.
1: That's it. Like even getting Are you getting, sleeping with them I've heard I, that I'm helps. trying <laughs> Even getting Like my writing mentor I, I was like Would you mind Passing my pilot On to your agent Yeah And she was like Shh, My agent won't even re- Read my stuff Yeah So I'm That's like oh, then how do I get?" conversation I, It's terrible Yeah but And I'm have to. really bad at it Yeah
0: you have to ask, because if you don't ask, you're never going to get anyone to help right. you in this town. Like You have to be like, hey, can you help me out? And if someone says no, you have to respect that.
1: I've also gotten a lot of, it seems to me I get a lot of people who are like, hey, man, let me know, and I'll read your stuff. And then when it comes down to it, I'm like, hey, I have my thing. Will you read it? Yeah, I'm really slammed right now. Oh. And it's like, wait a minute. You offer. You're the w- Yeah. Now I feel... Mm-hmm. I know I know it's that it's very
0: <laughs> LA thing like hey let me know what you're working on yeah hey send me a link to what you got yeah Ugh. and, and then, uh, then I won't read it and then I won't read it and then I'm then gonna d-
1: tell you I'm too busy
0: yeah oh LA this business oh, LA. but that Kate Cannon story is is fantastic to me it, it was while she was in the writer's room of 30 rock that somebody had a joke about an acapella group and she was like is that a thing and she became obsessed with it started researching it and then wrote the script for Pitch Perfect now here's the difference is that she was friends with yeah Tina Tina Fey and like friends with Elizabeth Banks well that's like which we are not
1: right that's like um Uh, did you watch Happy-ish on Showtime uh -uh. uh-uh it's terrific Happy-ish Happy-ish and it was written by Shalom Auslander who was a contributor on This American Life and if you look at his IMDB it's nothing And then showrunner, exec producer, writer on uh, literally nothing. I don't mean like little piddly things. I mean, nothing.
0: Oh, you got to go pee pee? Oh, boy. This is a running thing. Can you go pee pee in the body? (laughs) Okay. Um, We are nailing pee peeing. That's amazing. We'll see. Unless she pees on the floor, and then I'll take it back. You know.
1: Happens to the best of us So yeah There was literally nothing And then Showrunner Showrunner Exec producer Blah 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 Wrote every episode And And I knew him From This American Life So I was like How the hell How did the-? And then I was like Oh right This American Life Had a show On Showtime For a while and he's, you know, he was on, he was yeah. a contributor, a frequent contributor. He
0: probably just had something ready to go and gave it to the I right think people. that he
1: probably was like, hey, I have this idea for this thing. I'll write it. And then he, and then Ira was like, great, I'll show it to some people. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, here, let's help you finish it. And then he fucking got a show. Wow. <laughs> it's just. But then I'm like, wait, I want to tone. don't I know anybody? Yeah, you do But know it's people. just, it's hard to get you people, know people to reach people. You it. just
0: have to reach out to them and. Maybe stay on them. I don't know. Like, I don't know what the key is. If I did, maybe I would be not sitting in my office <laughs> right now <laughs> talking lamenting my lack of blogging skills and, and podcasting. I know,
1: but skills. you get to spend all this great time with Channing. So. I do.
0: And honestly, that's why I love doing this, is yeah. because it allows me to be able to have awesome friends come over <laughs> and like see my daughter pantsless. <laughs> Channing just walked into the room with no pants on. Where's your pants? You, you pee-peed in your pants?
1: I pee pee pee
0: Oh, okay. This is also becoming a running theme in my house where she's pee-peeing on things. So, yeah. Oh, um, all right. I feel like, though, there is so much more I could talk to you about, and there's so much more I wanted to talk to you about. Um... But I think I need to go clean up pee yeah. right now in the other room. <laughs> um, so well, we could do a part two via Skype. Totally, I would yeah. love to. Yeah, the, when you get set up and all that stuff in New York, we'll do an update, and you let me know if things are awesome. if the grass is greener on the East Coast.
1: Well, it will be because we're not in a drought over there. That's
0: true. That's true. I can't find a picture.
1: Oh, no. hey, Channing, you I have to tell you something. You a a you're adorable. Oh. B you're beautiful. No, but seriously, you're adorable. And also, you are really able to entertain yourself, which is incredible. (laughs) And I just think you're uh, a bad... uh, So... A bad what? A bad... Ah. A bad bad donkey. You're a bad donkey. Yeah. No, you can't touch computer right now. We have work say, to do. Monty
0: well, says that. He takes yeah. his little
1: mini computer and he goes, I'm doing work. Yeah, I'm doing work. Like she'll be
0: like, Mama work. Yeah. Mama work whenever I'm in the office. Um so
1: oh, Channing, you are so awesome. And I think you're great. And you painted a picture. And you went pee-pee. And I think you're awesome. Yay! Can I just I don't want you? I don't want to intimidate everybody. Yeah, I don't, but I wrote that off the top of my wow, head. Wow, that was like straight up musical improv. I know. Can you Oh, now she's doing it. Awesome. Anything anything <laughs> is a microphone. Just remember that. Yeah, Nash. <laughs> she's Is she obsessed with the, Let it go with her like, toothbrush? Um, I don't know that she's obsessed
0: Mama, Baba. So high mobile time, mobile time. No, mommy is gonna say goodbye to Daisy really quick. No. Can you? Yeah, I know. We're gonna say bye to Daisy. She's singing with the paintbrush that Daisy was just Happy using. Birthday to him. Happy birthday! Happy mm-hmm. birthday, everybody! Um,
1: know. no, no, no. Okay, so no where can
0: everybody find you on social
1: media? Uh, it's very difficult. Yes. It's, uh, Twitter at Daisy Egan. Mm-hmm. It's E A G A N. Mm-hmm. Um. Facebook. I have a fan page, which I prefer people use rather than friending me. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Okay, I'm gonna go find you.
0: You go hide. Um. So Instagram, Daisy
1: Egan. Yeah. My blog. My website is daisyegan.com. It's under. It's sort of under construction right now, but it's still there. Yeah. Um. You know, just like give me some time with my blog. I'm gonna get back to it. I promise. (laughs) Uh. But yeah, that's. That's where you can yeah, find it. Yeah,
0: everybody go online right now and keep up with Daisy and her New York ad- adventures. Oh, and
1: just to brag, I also recently won uh, an award from blogher.com. I saw that. Yeah. For I, a, when
0: I, I, You know, I just discovered, since I'm just sort of getting into yeah. blogging and all that stuff, I
1: just saw that conference mm-hmm. like as it was happening. It was And great. I was like, oh, I would have loved to have gone to that. Yeah. What I was the award get you to, won? I didn't get to go to as much of the conference as I wanted to, mm-hmm. but um, I won an award for... Uh, it was called experts among us and I won in the impact category and it was for a blog that I wrote in response to a review that Ben Brantley wrote in which he used the phrase she was asking for it. Uh So I wrote a piece about that phrase and about how we really need to stop using that phrase. She was asking for it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, I I love pretty proud
1: the blogging community,
0: especially for women. And they, I guess they're called mommy bloggers, which I kind of, well, some of them. Yeah. I think uh, some of them are, yeah. The the women who tend to write about their kids. Yes, um, I don't like the phrase "mommy bloggers," but yeah. some people embrace it, so whatever um is a huge community huge. millions of women are out there like trying to get their voice heard which is
1: part of the reason why i stopped blogging was i just was like oh my god There's so who many. cares like yeah. it's everybody it's everywhere but you know what i think it's valuable you know i've got my own voice if it's valuable
0: and- to you like yeah. if you're
1: getting something out of it then that right. means i
0: think whoever's reading it will right. also get something out of it and
1: like we said at the beginning like you know Everything, the information that we put in our brains gets processed our own unique way. So how we talk about it is going to be unique and and different. And so that's important.
0: And there's nothing I'm covering. Like I, because I think I struggle with that too. There's Mm -hmm. nothing I'm putting on my blog that's particularly groundbreaking. Right. There's nothing in the podcast that I'm doing that's going to be like a big game changer, right? But it's fun for me. Right. I hope it's fun for my guests and for people who are listening. And so that's kind of why I'm doing right. it. And, and and you never know, you like know. who's
1: going to be affected by what. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. I just
0: hope people are enjoying it and getting a few laughs every now. Well, and then. I'm
1: I'm proud and I'm I'm uh, impressed with I it. Love Thank you. You.
0: I love you. Yeah, those are Daisy shoes. Channing is. Pantsless and wearing Daisy's shoes right it's now.
1: It's sort of what I do all day. So <laughs> you're on me the right too. track. <laughs> me too,
0: too. You too. Me too. 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 Um, well, thank you again for coming on the Thanks show. Thanks so Daisy. much. It was
1: a lot of fun. I appreciate it. So, and everybody- congrats on the blog oh, too. Thank you. I mean, the podcast. Thank, thank you. Me,
0: so, everybody, make sure you go to Twitter right now. Go to mih podcast as well as at Daisy Egan and uh, follow us. We're also both on Instagram. And if you go to iTunes, make sure you review the show by September fifteenth, because then you'll be entered to win our giveaway for an Honest Company bath time bundle and the Motherhood in Hollywood tote bags. You want to make sure you get in on that. Thanks so much for listening, you guys, and we'll see you next week. I'm not sugar. Right. <laughs> Mama, funny balls.
1: Vons is your
0: entertainment end zone. Look for the Game On player tags when you shop, buy three, and enter to win great prizes, like a 65-inch big-screen LED TV. Catch the Ram Spirit with the Game On sweepstakes at Vons. Use your club card to get Progresso Soups, 18.5 to 19-ounce selected varieties, 99 cents each when you buy six. And Honey Nut Cheerios, 12.25 ounces, 157 each when you buy two. No purchase necessary. Open to residents of Southern California counties listed in rules 18 years and old. Ends January 3rd, 2017. Enter code by January 10, 2017, rules at GameOnSoCal.com.